Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. Want to homeschool, but worried about your child's socialization? Classical Conversations believes education is best experienced together. That's why Classical Conversations provides homeschool families with local communities for opportunities for socialization, support, and encouragement. In community, a trained licensed director guides both students and parents alike through a proven Christ-centered curriculum rooted in the classical model. To find a Classical Conversations community near you, visit classicalconversations.com slash dadjourney. And now, back to the show. All right, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's just dive in today. I've got uh, two amazing guests. They wrote a phenomenal book called Girl Dad, and that dives into the dynamic uh, discussing heart, mind, and spirit that our daughters have and, and faith. So let's jump into Girl Dad with the co-authors. We've got Jay and Rayanne Payleiter. So welcome. Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. It's so cool to have a daddy-daughter dynamic. Oh, oh, oh say go ahead. No, we're good. Daddy-daughter dynamic on here. And uh, it's Funny, we haven't had as many female guests, so we're delighted to have you with us, Rayanne. Well, it's wonderful to be here. I, I'm excited to kind of give a different perspective to your audience as we as we talk through our book. Uh, so and we, Dan, uh, yeah, good to hang out with you and my daughter. Always hanging out with my love, hanging out with my daughter. And Dan, you know what? We're talking to Christian dads. That's my jam. So uh, let's let's get into it. Yeah, let's jump in. So I love the fact that your book has both perspectives, yours and Rayanne's. Uh, we had a book on a uh, book author on, and it was called Thriving Girl Dads. And he wrote a chapter, and then the girls, each of his four daughters, wrote their reflection on the chapter and their memories and different things. And it was really, really cool to get their individual perspective when you're reading it and you're thinking, I wonder what his daughters thought about all this. And then the answer's right there. So getting that other perspective was awesome. Well, uh, Dan, uh, our book, Girl Dad, uh, didn't start out that way. The original book contract was just for me to write a book for dads of daughters. And uh, I sent uh, uh, Rayanne, uh, uh, she, she, <laughs> Rayanne uh, was at West Point for a couple of years. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, playing softball. She uh, she hit the home run, uh, if I can brag in her a little bit. She hit the home run that sent the Black Knights to uh, the NCAA tournament. Uh, she hit a three-run home run in the first uh, inning of that championship game. Uh, but she blew her knee out and got a concussion, and it's a long, longer story. But she ended up uh, at, at law school in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and she was there when I was writing this book. I had this book contract. And because I love her input, and I always I, I always give my kids a chance to, to make sure that I don't embarrass them or say something stupid in my books, I sent her this manuscript, and she started making notes. Uh, Ray and uh, pick up on that story there, how that, how that happened. 
Oh, sure. So, so Dan, you have to understand my, my dad started writing books when I was about 10 years old. He's up to number 38 now, all about no mostly about <laughs> parenting or, or uh, being a husband, being, being a uh, man, all those paths. And all the time we would around our kitchen table, he would throw out some ideas, you know, as I was growing up, as I was in middle school and high school. I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, my best-selling book is 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. I'm, I'm sure that oh, a wow, lot of you listeners awesome. have that. Sold yeah. 200,000 copies of that. 52 okay. Things Kids Need from a Dad. And I would be up to 36 or 37, and I would kind of be out of ideas, and I'd bring them to the kitchen table, and my kids had ideas. Nice, nice. <laughs> and so that was – and then he wrote a few more 52s, right? He wrote 52 Things Daughters Need from Their Dad, 52 Things Sons Need from Their Dad, and – 52 is a lot of ideas. And so we kind of had this dynamic where uh, we would talk around the kitchen table and, and we would help in whatever way we could. So this was not a new conversation with my dad asking me for help. But the difference this time was that uh, we were in different time zones. We were not at the same kitchen table um, and phone calls weren't exactly easy internationally at the time. So uh, instead of talking through it, I decided, hey, you know what? He's asleep. It's 3 a.m. in Illinois right now. I'm going to just go ahead and write my responses. So I typed out. And while my dad can get to the point, he's kind of a he's a, you know, uh, in and out kind of shorter chapter kind of author. I'm a little bit more long winded. And so I wrote out these longer emails uh, in response to the chapters he had sent uh had sent me for for this book no well, here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the point i wrote these 10 brilliant chapters 10 brilliant chapters on how dads can uh, can pour into the lives of their daughters and and be there for them and uh, i i thought they were brilliant and i sent them to rayanne and she uh and in in the book you as you look you go oh uh rayanne has about a thousand words or 1500 words on the end of each chapter on why i was wrong <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe, or maybe better said, uh, things I may have missed, or things I could have overlooked, overlooked, or things, or pers maybe perspective. Ran perspective is a better word, maybe. Is that right? Yeah, I like to look at it. You know, we say that, and there are literally a few times in the book where I say, "Hate to disagree with my dad," or "My dad is wrong." So I don't want to undersell that, but. I see it more as shifting context a little bit, whereas my dad kind of gives these insights uh, for fathers. I want to give them the perspective and context to be able to relate to their daughter's lives and how to use it effectively. Uh, because in my view, obviously, all the girl dads out there, their daughters are always going to be their daughters, right? They're always mm -hmm. going to be their little girl. That will never change, no matter how old both of you get, right? That will never change. Uh, but I think it's also important for fathers to see their daughters as, as a complete person, right? See all the other things that they are. They are still your daughter, but they're um, when they're young, you know, the potential that they have, uh, the dreams that they have, and, and how uh, any, like, the path that they choose, the, the possibilities there. And as they grow up, they're going to, they're, women, they're part of the world, they have all of these different ways that they can impact the world. And I kind of want to broaden each girl dad's uh, perspective there and give them the context to be able to use the insights that my dad has to offer. So a couple things, mm -hmm. uh, you being a competitive athlete, I want to jump into yeah. that dynamic <laughs> as well. Um, as a, you know, a man, obviously I was a boy once. And so as I grew up, I imagined raising sons 
and playing sports and all that type thing. And I have two daughters and I thank the Lord for them. Um, so yeah, embracing them as, as girls, as women and athletes and appreciating all of the, the dynamics that are different between girls and boys is something that I'm really learning, uh, as I go. So it's a, a whole different, um, similar, but very different, uh, dynamics when it, when it comes to coaching girls sports teams, uh, <laughs> such as hey, well, <laughs> the greatest glove in the world for you, sweetie. It fits mm. perfect, like everything. No, Dad, I don't want that glove. Well, well, why? It's broken. It's the greatest. Oh, no. Well, it's ugly. Mm. Oh, <laughs> not uh, something us guys really the, consider. The two differences, uh, Dad. I got it. the two differences. Uh, yeah, I've coached. Uh, Rianne has four older brothers, so that that speaks a lot into how she is and and, and who she is. Um, but the two differences that I found coaching boys and girls is that. Um, if, uh, if a girl on a basketball team is not, is having a feud with another girl, she will not pass her the basketball, but a boy will look right past that. And if it's good for the game, good for, uh, good for the competition of the game, he, that he leaves it aside and makes, and, and will still pass his worst enemy, a basketball. And also uniforms, boys want uniforms that, you know, have, they have, uh, that, that look good. But uh, but also that you know leave them room for stretching and and aren't constricting and uh, and such. Uh, girls don't like baseball pants that make their butts look big. That's their biggest deal. <laughs> um, Rayan actually wasn't in that category. She rose above that. But man, oh man, anybody who has coached girls, uh, any man who's coached girls, has seen both sides of that. Yeah. Well, and if I can just jump in here very quickly, <laughs> please do. And- please do. <laughs> of my friends and teammates throughout the years. I personally, again, I did have four older brothers. I had uh, lots of friends who were both male and female growing up, athletes and and non-athletes and such. And um, while I think in broad strokes, my father is correct there. And you are right. They prefer a more attractive glove, Dan, um, than, than, uh, than an unattractive glove. Uh, I think there's also a little bit of the dramatic flair in the boys' sports as well. I think it just shows up a little bit differently. Um, and maybe not on the court, <laughs> but maybe in the, uh, in the old locker room a little bit too much. So I just want to throw that out there as a as an addendum to my dad's. yeah there are there are some there are some yeah. i got to see the yeah. braves play the other day and acuna's got definitely a different you know that, the whole exactly. team was on the field <laughs> mm-hmm. warming yeah, up doing their a, thing in between yeah, innings, you, and then he shows up three minutes later uh-huh. all right we can go now right we can go i'm like dude where were you <laughs> i guess uh, how do you define dramatic yeah the, though that might be the real difference between the two <laughs> different sets of athletes uh, Dan, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I would love to people get a sense of this book and maybe the way to do it, since we're talking about sports. Um, one of the chapters, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of chapters here that we that we worked on. Your daughter and her hopes and dreams. Your daughters and her friends. Your daughter and her boyfriends. Your daughter and this this broken world. Um, but the one of the chapters is your daughters and her teams and teammates. And uh, yes, uh, let's jump cha- in there. Yeah, each chapter has. Um, uh, I, I have eight or 10 kind of insights for girl dads, insights for girl dads. And then um, and then the chapters end with Ray with Rayanne giving some reality checks or maybe doing uh, doing some kind of Q&A kind of thing with dads. But uh, let me sh- just briefly go through the insights for girl dads in my chapter on your daughter and her sports. Um, 
Uh, one, your daughter does not have to play sports. Uh, I know a lot of dads identify with their daughters through that. And uh, one of my insights is your daughter does not have to play sports. But as soon as I say that, I go, well, you know what? Nah, she should. Make her play soccer for a season or two. Make her, uh, you know, do some tumbling on some gym mat someplace. Make her do some of that so she can test her abilities in that regard because that's something that you don't want to miss. So, you know, if she quits after a year or two and by the time she's eight, she's not doing any more sports, just make sure she's doing other stuff like theater or or music or or other intellectual pursuits. So that's, that's job one. Uh, Dad, don't live... Uh, sometimes we live vicariously with the, through our kids, both boys and girls. Let's make sure of that. Another insight for girl dads, and Rand, jump in here anytime you want to correct me or Dan. Um, uh, going to games is just beginning. Uh, you hear dads go, oh, I never, I haven't missed a game in, in six years. Well, you know what? That's not enough. It really is about what happens between the games and before or after the games and doing the uh, carpooling. And uh, you know what? Uh, after a loss, uh, maybe just shut up in the car right on the way home. <laughs> uh, that would that might be the best way to do it. So, I'm so the, let's let's stop there for yeah, just a ahead, critical Dennis. critical moment. I know in the past, and everybody doesn't listen to every podcast of all time, but in the past we've talked about the car ride home as being a critical critical moment. A lot of kids on sports teams, boys or girls, say the worst time of the entire week is the five minute car ride home from the sporting event. Uh, win or lose, uh, yeah, win win or lose. The worst part of the entire week is the car ride home from the event. So what you just said, maybe be silent and allow the kids to talk. Maybe let them talk about whatever. It it might not be, well, it isn't the best time to give your kid a dress down of where their deficiencies in the game came from. Right. Ran Ray, shaking her head. She's like, <laughs> oh, I, you know, I absolutely agree. It actually reminds me of kind of uh, one of my kind of staples that I think is, is essential for dads, which is if you're you always want to pour into into your child's life, boy, a boy or girl, man or woman, you want to give them advice. You have solutions for them. You want to you want to help. And I and we completely understand that. But I think the real key might be that if you stay quiet long enough. I actually, I think I can promise that 95% of the time, if you stay quiet long enough, your daughter is going to ask for your advice. If you stay, and this is certainly on the car ride home, but I think across the board, uh, you know, if your daughter is trying to figure out what she wants to major in college and you just listen and you're there and you're quiet long enough, ask questions, sure. But if you, if you kind of keep your opinion to yourself long enough, at some point, she's going to turn around and she's going to go, well, what do you think, Dad? Or do you think this is a good idea, Dad? And I think it's the same in the car ride home. I know I would, I was, I was a little bit more uh, pessimistic with myself, certainly, and especially in a game like softball, where it's a game of failure, right? Same as baseball. It's a game of failure. Mm -hmm. And so it, even if you, you know, if I come back from a softball tournament and I failed seven out of 10 times at the plate, technically... That's a that's a successful day, that's right? Betting three hundred, yeah. <laughs> but but I'm still thinking about those seven at bats and and what I could have done in those seven at bats. And so, uh, if I'm talking it out, eventually I'm going to say, well, what do you think? What do you think I should have done? You know, when that rise ball came, or what do you think I need to do this week to prepare? If you're quiet long enough, your daughter or your son, for that matter, I think is going to ask what you think. Yeah, that's really really good. Uh, I I, pu I pulled out uh, the book here on page chapter chapter twenty one. It says uh, 
uh, page 21, uh, you should be able to ask, uh, coming home from a practice, let's say, you should be able to ask, what are you working on? Would that be okay, Ray? Hey, what are you working on? Is that okay? Or, sure. Or how's the, how's the team look this year? How's the team look? You know, before the even first game, how's the team look? Uh, you know, and that opens the door. But you can't, <laughs> oh, my God, why aren't you getting more playing time? Oh. <laughs> or uh, do you think you'll start the next game? Oh my golly, uh, that that just drives a knife into their hearts, and 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 then that quiet is not contemplative. That quiet mm-hmm. in the car is just anger and seething. Mm-hmm. And who needs that? My golly, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you talked um, about your pessimism or pessimistic tendency. Mm-hmm. Any advice on how to help a girl get out of that? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it applies to boys too, but girls have a little bit different channel that they're plugged into. I think there. you're totally right. I, I guess, you know, um, around mixed company, I guess I call it realistic, but in my own head, I know it's pessimism uh, when it comes to, when it comes to my at bats uh, uh, and uh, some, some things in general. Um, But I would say from, from an athletic kind of perspective uh, for young girls, I, it's really remembering what you're doing there, what, why you're there, uh, what your goal is. You know, it's interesting that one of the true, true main differences between male and female athletes is that uh, male athletes, when they're 10, right, can legitimately say, hey, I want to go, I want to play at, at, at Wrigley Field. I want to be a professional athlete, and that's what my life can be. There's very, very few of those options, right? We have perhaps a, a, an Olympian kind of mentality for women. But even then, you know, that's kind of a flash in the pan. You have to have other things going on for the most part. Uh, you have the WNBA probably is the best possible road. Um, a basketball player, if, if a girl wants to make it as a professional athlete, there's significantly less pads. And so when we grow up playing, I think that girls have a little bit more of a, a little bit more of for the love of the game. Right. And they have a little bit more of because that's what other reason is there. Best case scenario really is a is a college scholarship. College scholarship yeah. Right. That's the kind of the most amount of money you're gonna make as an athlete, as a girl, isn't even making money, right? It's it's replacing that debt. And so I think keeping that perspective uh as as a young female athlete uh is important. Uh, obviously who knows what the, what the world space is going to be like in 10 or 20 years when it comes to professional female athletes. I'm not sure. Um, but that's what helped me. It was like, well, why am I here? And it's like, it's because I love the game. I told a story in the book about how, um, I love, I love softball so much. I played other sports. I played basketball. Um, I threw in track and things like that. But, uh, I had a coach when I was 16 who kind of, who made me hate the game. Who made me hate the game? And I was left kind of sitting there. Going, come. Well, well, he, you know, I have a pretty thick skin. That's a great. <laughs> oh, you, you don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a whole, it's a whole story. Oh. Um, but uh, I have a pretty thick skin, and uh, it's it was just he just kind of consistent consistently broke me down for no apparent reason is really what it was. Uh, and he, in now that I look back on it, about fifteen years later. I actually know what his life was like back then. I didn't know that he was actually going through a pretty horrific divorce. Um, And he was the only time he saw his daughter who was the other catcher on the team (laughs) was, uh, was when was at practice for the most part for that period of time. And there was a lot of other factors at play. One of the other coaches has died. There was a lot of, there was a lot of things at play that I didn't know when I was 16. Right. Um, 
but uh, obviously there's there's his context, but my the only context I had was what my experience was. But what my uh, I took that on. I didn't say, hey, I want to quit this team. I didn't say, hey, I want to quit softball. But that was a really kind of evolutionary period for me because I had to come back and go, well, what is why am I here? What am I working towards? And uh, and my dad, rightfully so, he didn't try to solve it for me. He was there when I wanted to talk about it. He saw what was happening because he was around. Right. He was yeah. there. He saw the games. He he drove me uh to practices until I could drive myself. It was like a, an hour long drive to get to this place to practice mm. things like that. And cause it was kind of that, that next level. And, um, and he didn't try to solve the problem for me credit to him because he knew I wasn't, I also wasn't 12. You know what I mean? I was 16. Mm-hmm. I could handle, I could handle it. And he knew I could handle it. Uh, but what he did for me is he reminded me of what I was doing. I still played very well that season, um, but it was, it was more of an internal struggle. And what he did is he found the right team for me for the next year. And that team fostered my love of the game. And it reminded me of why I was there, but he was there with me through that process. So very long story short, uh, the, in terms of helping these young female athletes who might get disgruntled or, or male athletes also for that matter, remember why you're there. Um, I don't think there's a problem with being realistic, right? I don't think there's a problem with that when it comes to sport because you got to get better. Um, but remember why you're there and and remember that love of the game. What about positive uh, compliments, reinforcement mm-hmm. versus the uh, criticism or the positive criticism or the yeah. opportunity to be better? <laughs> the opportunity, know? yeah. The constructive in, criticism. In that yeah. coach's instance, I kind of get it. He's going through a mm-hmm. rough time in his life and he's – right doing what right. he thinks probably was going to help you get to the next level and also allowing him a outlet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I yeah. I'm going to jump in here and say that this proof, as I look back on Rayanne's career, uh, all her different teams and coaches and, and this cruddy, cruddy season that God uses it all. The person that Rayanne is right now, um, uh, that season gave her, a different uh, vantage point and, and, and maybe softened her heart to other uh, situations in which there's a cruddy boss or a terrible, uh, terrible situation. Mm-hmm. She got through it and she learned from it. So uh, that's one thing you can do, you know, in, the, <laughs> in those seasons. I, again, my five kids, some of them were bench warmers and that same kid, then two years later would be the star of the team. Uh, God uses it all, but I got to, uh, this is just a little side story. I don't think I've ever told it out loud before, but I'm going to tell it. And Rayanne, uh, well, you, you have to listen to it. When Rayanne was 10 or 11 or 12, she said that she wanted, she, out loud, she said that she wanted to be on the Olympic softball team, for the, for play, play for the U.S. And then, uh, as you know, if anybody knows the sport, follows the uh, Olympics, they uh, uh, doing the math. But when she was 18 or 20 or 22, whenever the Olympics would have been, they canceled it. They can't. They pulled uh, softball oh, from yeah. an Olympic sport, yeah. and it's like 2012. So I mean, so her her dreams were dashed <laughs> right there. She had no choice there. And then uh, somehow uh, through high school, and and then she came home. She said, "I want to. I'm going to the West Point." And she got into West Point, which is an unbelievable thing. And we had kind of forgotten. I had kind of forgotten that that Olympic dream, the idea of playing for the U.S. And so I show up uh, at her first, <laughs> I show up at, um, Rita and I drive to West Point, New York from Chicago up there and we see, we'll see her team and, and the team lines up on the third baseline 
and they they play the national anthem and they salute the flag. And I realized that my daughter is playing for the U.S. team. Holy cow. Ah, thank you, Rahim. What a blessing that was. Uh, and uh, you know what? The Star Spangled Banner has well can always have new meaning for me because of that that's that uh, that experience. The flip side of that is how angry I was in 2008 <laughs> when when they canceled the tw- 2012 uh, 2012 Olympics. Um, it was I, I know it did. I didn't even realize it until I didn't realize it either. It, I hadn't been thinking about it for the ten years since. I didn't realize it until until after that first game as well. Because the other name for West Point is the United States Military Academy. And that's and that's what they said over the over the loudspeaker, yeah, and yeah. that's what that's what triggered it triggered it for me. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. <laughs> What's your next question, Dan? Let's keep moving here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was just caught up with emotion and seeing guys. Sometimes you see things on video, and you're like, "This is kind of a special moment." So I didn't want to interrupt that. Yeah. So um, you. Uh, You've got a story about Kobe Bryant in your book at the beginning, and uh, there's a story I heard about Kobe that I thought was really cool. Actually, it's more about his dad than Kobe. His Kobe was playing in uh, a summer league that his dad had played in and that his grandpa had played in. Dad and grandpa were both stars in that summer league. This was before he was college or, or pro and all that stuff. This was back mini Kobe, young Kobe. <laughs> And Kobe played the whole entire summer and didn't score a single point at any game the whole time. No way. Really? Yeah, really. And dad puts his arm around him and says, Kobe, I love you no matter what. No matter what. You don't have to score a single point to earn my love. I love you, Kobe. How free! How freeing that is. Uh, then suddenly you're, you're not at a... Uh... Uh, you're not being judged on a basis of successes or failures. You're being judged on who you are, and that that plays right in this idea of hey, we're out here. We're talking right here on on Journey of a Christian Dad podcast, and a Christian dad needs to know that that uh, needs to know that that he's loved, and that uh, that uh, he has to love his his son or daughter uh, unconditionally. Now, and that was what Kobe said exactly. He said that moment was so freeing to me. Yes. I no longer had to perform to earn love. I now knew I was loved no matter what. There you go. And the so kid, needs cool. to, kid needs to know that in the car ride on the way home <laughs> or yeah. on the way to the game. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, the original name of the book, the working title of the book, uh, Dan, was, <clears throat> excuse me, was um, uh, Daughters versus, uh, Fathers versus Daughters. That was the original <laughs> word, Fathers versus Daughters, as we were working on this thing. Um, and it became Girl Dad uh, uh, in the process. But uh, as the story goes, and we all know that that Kobe and, and Gianna died, and, and I guess seven others died tragically in that that uh, helicopter crash in California in uh, 2020 January. Um, but uh, uh, in, the, in the media coverage that followed, they, somebody told the story uh, of the ESPN anchor. I guess her name was L. Duncan, who uh, who was interviewing Kobe. Uh, this is a couple of years before interviewing Kobe and. Um, and Kobe noticed that she was uh, pregnant and said, uh, and he said, do you know what you're having? And she said, well, I'm, I'm having a little girl. And then Kobe went on, man, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, the, uh, and because he, he was, uh, he, he said, uh, just be grateful, he, quote, just be grateful that you've been given that gift because girls are amazing. I would have five more girls if I could. <laughs> I'm a girl dad. And he said, I'm a girl dad. 
And so um, uh, uh, the ESPN anchor, Al Duncan, picked up on that and it, it made the wires, but really doubled down. And she told the story after the tragic, uh, his tragic yeah. death. And, uh, and so Girl Dad made the, uh, you know, if you do hashtag Girl Dad, there's all kinds of stories out there. And, and that's the name of the book, Girl Dad. Um, and uh, we're privileged to uh, kind of be part of that legacy. Uh, uh, and uh, and I challenge all girl dads out there to, you know what, connect with your daughter and stay connected. It, 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 uh, if I may, I mean, it starts with the teddy bear picnic. It's real easy when they're kids to connect with your little girl because she wants to make time for you. Um, uh, it, it begins with a teddy bear picnic or, you know, dirt daddy daughter dances or, you know, making Lego starships or baking mud pies or doing the hopscotch out in the front yard or, or, uh, you know, uh, designing fairy gardens, but then it moves on to volunteering and coaching her teams and, and volunteering at church and in Awana and, you know, and showing up in the back of the room and in the classroom. Um, so, uh, because she'll make time for you early on, but if, and if you make time for her dad early on, um, she will make time for you later. Yeah, hundred percent. I can see as you were recapping just different memories, Rayanne's flashing those through her head, and she's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." Dad, Dad actually remembers that stuff. That's cool. Yeah, well, there was at least uh, one time when uh, nobody else showed up in the back of the room for the classroom uh, some uh, drama presentation, but Rita and Jay were there watching uh, watching Rayanne, uh, and uh, there were some things she didn't want us to come to though. <laughs> and, and you know what? You have to honor that too. Dads, girl dads, if your daughter says, no, dad, I don't want you to come to this, you know, piano recital or something, maybe sneak in the back of the room, but you got to honor that in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. When you hear the words carefree timelessness, <laughs> what do you think about when it comes to being a parent, being a daughter? Carefree, carefree, carefree timelessness. timelessness. I'm not, we're not, not sure where you're going. Rand, do you know where he's going with this? I'm not sure where he's going. I'm happy to take a dive, though, if, he, if he's yeah, yeah, carefree timelessness. Um, I think I think that what at least when I think of carefree timelessness in terms of a relationship between a father and a daughter, I think of how in each individual moment uh, you can if you find kind of that freedom with each other, if you find that that little bit of friendship between each other, which is a big theme in our book, talking about developing that friendship over time, um, that you can kind of relax a little bit more. You can relax into that relationship uh, and that those moments become timeless because you you both kind of submit, submit to that moment um, of enjoying each other's company. Am I anywhere close to Yeah, well, yeah, no, absolutely. See, I, absolutely. I, I, so see, as, I, I, as I was hearing the hopscotch and the fairy garden yeah. and the just different yeah. things, no, us except, as men think no. achievement and let's get things done and let's do stuff and let's whatever. Mm. No, my, no, no, see, I'm not there anything. It's, I don't think any of my time with Rayanne was carefree. It was intentional. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. We were, I was intentional. Mm. I, I have stuff to do. I don't have time to go out and draw and play hopscotch or draw chalk on the on the sidewalk. But to you be intentional about it, and then when you get in the moment, it's carefree. It feels yes, carefree. Yes. But you have to choose. You have to be intentional mm. about that. And I'm going back, Rayanne. Um, the story. One of the stories we tell in the book is the idea of um, we had we had our movie. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Rayanne and I could watch. You've got mail every. 
you know the movie you've got mail tom oh, hanks yeah. and uh and meg ryan meg we could watch yeah. that every week for forever and, and we would just love it um we had uh uh i mean uh, we had our our tv show we had one that we uh, and dads you know what if you want to connect with your daughter do that have our park bench uh our booth at mcdonald's kind of thing so that you can go and and, and there's a, a reason to connect i have a friend um Who's, uh, whose wife doesn't like sushi, but his daughter does. So the two of them go out for sushi once in a while. And when she needs to talk to him about something, she won't say, Dad, I need to talk to you about something. She'll say, hey, Dad, let's go out for sushi. Um, so it's our meal together. And even if I could take it a step further, you could have, uh, you could. I'm preaching now, I'm sorry, but uh, you could have our scripture verse and it doesn't have to be, hey, this is our scripture verse, but maybe, you know, find one. It could be, um, uh, uh, I thank my God every time I remember you. Or uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All things will be given to you as well. And then you don't have to say, you don't have to say the whole verse. Just say, hey, sweetheart, seek first. And she goes going out the door. Seek first. If you say that to you, if, if, if she knows you're talking about that longer verse, hey, seek first, or uh, I, I thank my God for you, or, or every time every time I think of you, I thank God. Um, there's ways to do that that are not oppressive and, and like, oh, we have to spend time together and be that intentional. We can be carefree then, uh, coming full circle on that concept. So maybe, Dan, that was a brilliant question you asked on how to be a uh, uh, what was it? Carefree time together. What was Care, that? Carefree? Yeah, carefree timelessness. timelessness. Carefree yeah, timelessness. Yeah. There you go. Uh, a, a, that was a brilliant interview question, Dan, because we, <laughs> we came full circle. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, mean, I just I just heard that as you're describing the yeah. childhood time with Rayanne of, you know, these are not typical. Hey, let's go play hopscotch, mm. daughter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. daughter saying this is my thing. You know, I want to invite yeah. you into my world, and you just relax and sink into it and get to experience your daughter's creativity and, and beauty and brilliance and joy and things that uh, maybe our rough edges as a dad need a little polishing and need a little, you know, connection type type thing. And so I constantly remind myself when I'm in a, a quote, air quotes, non-productive activity. <laughs> We're not well, swinging you, you a know bat. Rayanne, not, a be- you know. Beauty, creativity, and brilliance. You, you've met Rayanne. You know her well. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, Dan, I got to I gotta, uh, kind of warn you about something. You've got two little girls, uh, Al- Olivia, Ali, and uh, and Emmy. Um, Ellie. Ellie, and Ellie. Ellie and Emmy. Ellie yep. and Emmy. Ellie. And uh, uh, they, uh, 10 and 11 or something like that, they, they still sit in your lap, don't they? Do they, they come do. and sit in your lap? Yep. Uh, let me warn you, in two, one, two or three years, that's going to stop happening. And that's okay. You uh, got to make sure that, uh, and again, I'm talking to every girl dad listening now who's got these middle, beautiful little middle school girls. And there's going to be a season of life uh, uh, where, uh, where they need to find who they are. They need to figure out who they are. Uh, they're, uh, they're, you know, there's, I don't want to say the word, but their sexuality kicks in. They, yeah, they got to yeah. figure out who they are as young women, how they relate to men, how they relate to dad, because dad, uh, you're their model for them, of course. Um, and there's going to be times when, uh, uh, when they don't. So I guess I'm looking forward, Dan, maybe we'll have you back. Maybe you can have us back on in about four years <laughs> and we'll see how you're plowing through that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So word of advice, guys. When your daughters do develop and do, you know, grow into their womanhood, give them a real hug. Don't give them the shoulder hug. Don't suddenly change the way that you interact with your daughter in that physical way. 
your daughter's going to think, why did dad change that? Why is dad uncomfortable? Why is dad suddenly shifted the way he interacts with me in a different kind of way? I feel like something's wrong with me. So, so dads, when that time comes and you start feeling a little uncomfortable, sometimes things are changing, figure out a way to still embrace your daughter fully and show her that physical love that she craves. Mm. You know, Dan, that actually reminds me of a, of a, of a huge kind of uh, process that we went through writing our book. And obviously we have this kind of give and take, right. And there's this chapter called uh, your daughter and her self image. And we talk about uh, several different things. We also talk about uh, your daughter and, and her mom. And there's this section that my dad writes Mm. and he, and he correct me if I'm wrong here, dad, but um, one of his insights was, you know, there are some things that, that are quote unquote mom only topics, right? And and to just kind of be aware of those. And I come right right back and say, no, no, we can't look at it that way. Dad, you need your two things when your daughter is going through puberty, when she's going through changes, your two things to her. One, you're her dad. You're still her dad and, and that relationship. But two, you're gonna be the first guy in her life when she's going through these things. You're the first one that she's living with, the first one uh, who kind of sees the behind the scenes. You're the first one uh, who has to hear her ask for things from her mom or go through, uh, go through the different phases and stages that, that that involves. And you are that representative. And I don't think I can understate, I don't think I can overstate uh, how important that is because you set that tone. And if you're uncomfortable, he knows you're uncomfortable, exactly like you said, Dan, with the hug, but also things like, oh, I don't, you know, I get uncomfortable when you talk about, when you say those kinds of words, or I get uncomfortable, you know, when, when you need me to pick up something from the store or that, you know, I don't, I talk to your mom about that. I, you know, that's something that I'm not familiar with as a dad. That's a, that's a, a failing, a true failing on your part, dad, because this is the most natural thing in the world. She's doing nothing wrong. And she's going to think that she's doing something wrong. She's going to think. So, and that's, that's also part of the natural thing. You, you second guess yourself as speaking, speaking as a, as a woman who went through this process, you think like, oh my gosh, I'm different and I'm broken and there's things wrong with me. And, you know, there I'm figuring out how I feel about things and I'm figuring out how to, how to manage, you know, this kind of new phase of life. Uh, <laughs> that lasts for decades, but this new phase <laughs> of life, right? And you are that first male in her life when she's going through that. And she deserves to feel comfortable in her own home. If your discomfort makes her feel uncomfortable in their own home, that is setting her up for a life where she's willing to give away that part of herself, right? That it sets her up where she goes, well, I got to put myself second here. To, to the to the men who are around me. and you don't want that for your daughter you want her to feel comfortable in who she is and you want her uh if you need if you as a as a girl dad need to literally stand in front of a mirror and practice saying words like tampon or period if you need to do that you do it stand in front of a mirror and do it if you need like to kind of get a pep talk from your wife you know what i mean do it and also teach your sons how to do it because 
they're also going out and they're in those middle school hallways with those girls. Again, your daughter probably doesn't want to talk to you about these things, right? She probably does want to talk to her mom. She probably yes. does want to talk yes. to the women in her life. I'm not saying that you need to bust out a slide projector, right? And talk, talk <laughs> through all, you know, all the different phases. But uh, I do think that it's incredibly important that when these things come up, that you don't make her uncomfortable, that you are with the, her as a partner and that you as, as a man are teaching the other young men in your life how everything, don't make her have to teach them, right? You teach that as, as the man in your life, teach the young men uh, because it's just, it's a part of life. So, so we should all be able to be comfortable in it. That's fantastic. I don't think Jay and I could have had that conversation between us. So, like this is awesome. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm here though. And and I and I love as the men that are listening they're like I love the specific stupid basic advice <laughs> of be comfortable with period and tampon. Yeah. <laughs> like, very simple words to pronounce, however. I wrote a whole list, but I didn't want to get them to yeah, turn yeah, off the yeah, podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it's in the book. Them. It's yeah. in the book. You may turn yeah. quickly away from that page. Yeah, but uh, it's a valid point. Um, another, another resource for the guys. We're going to interview the guy that put this together. But there's a website out there called thesextalk.com, and he's mm -hmm. interviewed experts on conversations around that. It's not one single talk; it's a series mm -hmm. of conversations. So don't think that it's the talk; it's a series of talks. But uh, anyway, we're going to have him on coming up in a few Excellent. more episodes. Um, so a really good resource. So cool. Uh, Wasn't uh, planning yeah, on talking it, about that topic today, but that's an important one. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know what? As we talk, talk about that season of life and that idea of uh, don't push your daughter away. You need to pull her towards you every chance you get. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. every conversation, the whether it's uh, after a sporting event or whether it's wh whenever it is, you the end of the conversation, it could be a hard conversation, uh, corrective or discipline. But you, should, you need to be pulling her towards you, dads. Um, you know what? Harsh. They'll. they'll uh, I'm. I'm hoping. I'm praying not, Dan. But your two little girls may, you know, at one point say, "I hate this family," or slam the, you know, go down the door, go down the, the hallway and slam the door. Um, and you can't let that conversation end that way. Um, uh, there are things you can do. Things you can say. Um, uh, Give us examples. Uh, if she uh, she slams that door, you literally need to go up, uh, go to her door, knock on it. Maybe don't even expect to he for her to answer you at all, but say, "Sweetheart, uh, 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 <laughs> Emmy, <laughs> or Ray Rayanne, or or Chloe, or or whatever her name is, sweetheart, I hate it when we argue. I hate it when it gets this way because I love you so much. Uh, uh, you need to know that I would die for you." You need to know that we're going to get past this. Uh, if there's something I can do for you, let me know. Um, uh, I love you so much. And then just walk away. She uh, she won't respond. She probably won't, but she needs to know that. And by the way, Dad, at that moment, if you need to offer, or earlier or later, if you need to offer some kind of an apology, we need we mess up too. We mess up too. And if you can be the kind of dad who can look back and say, man, I went too far with that, or, you know, I shouldn't have asked you. You know what, sweetheart? I'm so sorry, even even asking you about your this, or or because uh, I know that's something that you're working on. So the apology, not a, not like a oh, I'm the worst dad in the world, but just this little gentle, ah, oh, sweetheart. I, I'm so I mean, it breaks my heart. That kind of attitude of of uh, of you know that that you have, we're looking for this opportunity to get back and pull her close to you versus pushing her away. Make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely makes sense for sure. Rianne, you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, girl and mom dynamic. Mm. Have you got any keys from maybe us husbands should be aware of, of mm. or you know, even divorced dads be aware of from a what might be some things to yeah. encourage or to uh, open up or maybe even discourage mm. moms and daughters? You know, actually, that it. So I have these reality checks, which is often where I disagree with my dad. That's one of the kinds of sections I have. Then I have a section called about my dad, which in different ways, I give a story about Jay and, and give some context there so they can understand a little bit more about <laughs> the guy that they're reading from. Uh, but I have this other section, uh, this other type of section that's in each of the chapters called Hey Rayanne, where I kind of fictionalize a like a uh, what is it? A, a deer. Dear Alice, or I forget, you know, like one of those columns. Dear Abby type column. Dear Abby type thing, yeah. Where I kind of fictionalize a question that a dad might ask, and then I do my best answer. And there's two at the end of the uh, my daughter, uh, your daughter and her mom section. One is I'm going through a bitter divorce. It's contentious. It's it's hard. It's, you know, there's some there's some anger there. Um and I, and I don't know what to do. There's, you know, there's no solution for the marriage, but I, I want what's best for my daughter. And, uh, and then there's another one talking about, there's this secret war happening in my yeah. house and I don't, I don't know what's happening. I'm scared. And I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. This would and, be a question that a dad is asking. Right mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We're right. all asking that question and we're hanging <laughs> on the edge right. of our seat for the answer right yeah. now. Well, Two answers. The the answer to the first question in kind of a, in a in a shorter way um, of of the kind of contentious divorce, right, is to remember, right, that your daughter is going is obviously going through this divorce as well. Your daughter is a part of this, and she's going to mourn. She's going to she gets to mourn. She is allowed to mourn the loss of 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 her family as she knew it. She's allowed to mourn the loss of really the the greatest example of love that she has to date. She's allowed to mourn that. Um, and it's your job as dad, one, to remember that your soon-to-be or your ex-wife is still your daughter's mom. And how you speak about that woman will teach your daughter several things. One, it will teach her, uh, it will teach her how she can expect men to talk about women who they disagree with, who, who have gone through battles. It will teach her uh, how, what you have in your heart. Do you really want your daughter to be witness to real hatred in you? Because I've seen it. I, I've seen it. You know, I, I'm a part of that generation where half of the kids in my third grade class had divorced parents, right? Mm -hmm. I had friends growing up who had two different sets of luggage, right? And depending on which weekend it was, or if it was a Wednesday, who they were going home with that day. And uh, it's a part of life. I, it's, that's a whole different, it's a whole different subject matter of, you know, when a divorce should happen, or or I'm not going to certainly get into that. But when it comes to the perspective of your daughter, um, you, you show her uh, what's in your heart. And second, your, your ex-wife is going to be around, right? She's going to be, she's not going anywhere. You have a child together. That's going to be grand. That's going to be graduation parties. That's going to be birthday parties. That's going to be drop offs and pickups. That's going to be grandchildren and weddings and all sorts of stuff. And so uh, while there is that pain between the pair of you, I think actually the easiest solution 
is to just remember your daughter. The easiest solution on the way through that is to remember your daughter. The other side of that, when you're, when you're in that marriage and you feel that silent war happening in your house, when you feel, I don't know, it's, I don't know, the, I can hear a pin drop or uh, I have this battle going on and I don't know what it's about. I don't understand it, but it's definitely happening. Uh, I see it as uh, you, have to, you have to be on your wife's side, for lack of a better term, uh, even, even if your daughter might be right, even if uh, you could battle it out behind closed doors, that's fine. If you and your wife need to have a conversation, you know, go behind yes, your bedroom yeah, door yeah. when your daughter's at practice and, and talk it out. See, like, hey, you know, what's going on and, and, and open up those lines of communication. But you have to have a united front when it comes to your daughter. You have to be uh, together as a pair, because even if she goes, dad, why aren't you on my side? You know, why, you know, like you, I know you agree with me on this, even if they can, <laughs> you know, sense it, like <laughs> she will be better off in the long term If she sees that you stand by your wife, she will be better off in how she relates to marriage, how she relates to the pair of you. She knows that she can't, she can't get in between you guys and play you off each other. That will treat her better moving forward. But feel free to have that battle, that battle with your with your wife behind closed doors. But it it's probably not a fight that you even fully understand. Right, right, right. It's so like, funny. Okay. I was only out of the room for ten it. seconds. What yeah. is happening yeah. behind me? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's okay. I pr- like it's okay that you don't understand it. I, it probably isn't worth to try to understand it unless until you talk to your wife. Right? Yeah. Don't. Yeah. And it's it's not simple. Right. It's not. So don't don't say things like, well, who cares? Or or, well, you guys just oh, it'll make it so much worse. So <laughs> just be quiet. Um, that's that's my best advice until you can talk to your wife and figure it out. Maybe you get to be the mediator. What a gift that would be. Right. To, to be able to bring some some peace back. But more than likely, they need to sort it out and they will. There's a classic. Uh, love hate relationship that happens between moms and daughters of that are teenagers. Right. And that just is like a pendulum swinging back and forth from, from love to hate and love to hate. And it's not really hate, but just that kind of vitriol. And, uh, and it's better to not get caught up in it as dead. Right. Just don't get caught up in it. Uh, But when the, when everything, uh, when the dust settles, your daughter needs to know that you are on your wife's side. 100% 100% for sure. Mm-hmm. Great advice there. So how can we uh, reach out to you, connect with you? How can we order the books? You know, whatever, whatever you'd like to share website, that type thing. And then also we always like to finish off with a challenge on the podcast. So if either Ooh. you can come up with a challenge that the men can execute week to week, could be simple, could be a little bit harder, but something they can do within a week's time, implementing a strategy, asking a question, doing something, whatever that might be. I'll, I'll let you guys take it from there. Um, oh, well, oh, to, to contact us, uh, you know what? Just go to Amazon and look up Girl Dad. Uh, now, yeah. I think there's actually two or three books right now with that title. Uh, one's a, a children's picture book. One's by somebody else. I'm sure it's fine and it has some valuable stuff in there. But look for the one with uh, with both our names on the cover, Jay Payleitner and Ray Ann Payleitner. Um, uh, it's what a privilege that is. Again, I've written 38. 30s, eight books, but to write one with your daughter, oh my golly, what a privilege that was. Um, and this is Rand's first book. So let's make it a, be a yeah, success. Yeah. A success Ty- type some emails and became an author. There you go. <laughs> um, and 
Well, a little more than that, but okay. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, but uh, also, of course, my website, uh, Jay Payleitner. Uh, name's impossible to spell, but I'll give it to you anyways. First name, J-A-Y. This is jpayleitner.com. J-A-Y. Last name is Payleitner. P-A-Y-L-E-I-T-N-E-R.com. Jpayleitner.com. And I've been around long enough that even Google will uh, will will correct that, I think, if you get it pretty close. <laughs> um, there you go. So that'd be great. And again, all, all kind of other books on husbands and for husbands and, and dads and conflict resolution and Bible studies and things like that. Um, and the, uh, the, the biggest lesson I need to share that I I've learned through all this was, um, that it can get guys, girl dads, it can keep getting better and better. I mean, for a while, I, I was kind of scared of losing Rianne because we were, we were losing touch a little bit, and and I got caught up in my my own work and, and such. Uh, but that realization that you will always be her dad and keep pouring into her life, and then there's this way crazy idea that she's going to surpass me. Rianne has surpassed me in many areas of life, and in, in in beauty and wonder and, and challenge. I mean, I never went to, to law school in 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 Ireland. Oh my golly! Um, and I can ask her, and she could she could teach me things, and then she allows me to teach her things too. So uh, that would be my biggest takeaway. So, uh, Dan, uh, I guess your, your chat. If I can piggyback on that, the idea of of your challenge for dads. Um, would be maybe uh, to to look for, to the future. The idea of when, um, uh, especially if you're going through a kind of a, a patch where you're a little separated from her, look to the future. Uh, I uh, one of the pages in the book, a little side sidebar is things you can look forward to that are going to happen. Um, you know what the idea of the idea of uh, one day you might not be thinking of it now, but one day you'll take her out for coffee for no reason at all. Uh, one reason, you, uh, one day you're going to move her into a college storm room, or uh, uh, one day there's going to be a photo of you, uh, and she's in a cap and gown, and she's next to you smiling. You can't, might not be able to imagine that now. There might be a, a time when you uh, you ask your, you literally ask your daughter for a piece of advice for a problem you have at work. What a concept that would be. Um, uh, maybe walking her down the aisle. Uh, maybe uh, maybe spending too much money on her wedding. Maybe grandkids. <laughs> what a kind of, so so don't strangle your fourteen year old because someday you may get grandkids out of the deal or uh, or may join her in heaven someday. Again, don't strangle her when she's sixteen years old. So so the, in the next week, imagine yourself again, especially if you're a little bit distant from her right now. Imagine these moments in the future, and that'll get you through today especially if it's a hard day. Absolutely. I love love that challenge. And I love the fact of just doing that periodically from time to time so that you're more prepared when the rough times come. Mm. You're already training your mind to think that way so that you're like, okay, remind yeah. myself, this is just a season. This is just a moment. Yeah, and just a season. Oh, that's good. Yeah, just a season this is. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you both for coming on. And uh, yeah, I definitely look forward to having you back on again and hopefully sooner than four years. Fantastic. Right. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dan. Really a, a pleasure to talk with you and talk a little sports with you as well. Yeah, absolutely. That was cool. Yeah, very good. Uh, what a what a good uh, ministry you have. Keep at it, Dan. I appreciate it a bunch. And thanks, guys, for listening. And I uh, look forward to tuning in next week and look forward to you executing the challenge and let me know how it goes. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.